Hello, everybody. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending on where you're listening and watching us from. I'm Rafael Gonçalves, Communications Coordinator for CarConnect. Uh, and this is the 18th edition of Core Talks. This is actually the first show in 2023. Uh, and just, just right now, we have reached 9,500 followers on LinkedIn. So hopefully, we're going to 10 pretty soon. Uh, today, I'm with Peter Danico, our CRO. Peter, please introduce yourself. Hey, thanks, uh, and welcome everybody to the show today. Um, it is 2023. I'm Peter Danico, the CRO over at Core Connects. And uh, for the next 40 minutes or next 45 minutes to an hour or so, um, we want to talk a little bit about, or I guess a lot about, is what's new for uh, 2023, what's going on in the markets, and w most importantly, what Core Connects is doing uh and uh, I'm going to pass it over to you, Raphael, and you can give us some insights as to, uh, or give me, give me the overview, throw the questions at me. Let's, let's have a get together and have a chat here. Sure, sure. Uh, and 2023 is about to start. Uh, uh, it has already started, of course. Today is Friday the 13th. Uh, some people believe it's bad luck. Uh, I have no problems with Friday the 13th. I actually like the 13th. Uh, I actually like this number. When I played soccer, I used to to, to like the 13. My number was 13. Uh, but uh, we have a lot of news, a lot of new things on Corponax, a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, online investment today and our passport for our investment. Uh, Core ID is bringing, uh, we're bringing a new product, Core ID, which will help uh, remove a lot of friction and will make the online experience for investments way better for everyone, right? For issuers, for uh, investors, for any participant at all. Uh, so we'd like to start, uh, we, we found this private securities 2223 survey that was conducted by, a, by the World Digital Foundation in association with Crowdfunding Insider. And we have very interesting data on the private capital markets that are probably interesting to contextualize what we're talking about. Uh, 2,500,000 people were surveyed and 86% of these respondents said they were confident or extremely confident about the private securities markets for 2023. So uh, it's a huge number. It's a huge number and a very positive uh, landscape. So can you say that the capital market, uh, uh, Peter, is being largely democratized already? Um, it, well, without a doubt. I mean, the, the stat that you just looked at, and I'm looking down at the, some documentation. So you've got 250,000 surveyed, 70,000 from private companies, investors, retail, accredited investors, another 100,000 made up this survey, and 80,000 industry professionals that were engaged in private securities were all part of this. So... When you say that, you know, 86% of the respondents said they were confident, extremely confident about the private securities market for 2023. Um, it says that there's an awareness out there um, that has, uh, you know, really emerged over the last 10 years. Like I, every day we're talking to uh, private, private companies that are looking at the alternatives to raise capital and they're always asking why now, you know, what's happened in the last couple of years. So I, th I think it's important to give a little quick recap of this journey um, as we dovetail into what core connects is doing for 2023. Um, as you touched on things like, 
you know, we've got core ID, we've got core ID verified, we've got core app and, and all of these things that we're bringing uh, to the foreground is really part of uh, a convergence. Um, when I say a convergence, it was a 10 year journey for our founders. Um, and that journey really brings together technology, regulations and consumer adoption. And, and that's why some of these numbers uh, that you're starting to see when we say 86% of respondents said they're interested in the, in the marketplace, but it's still really, really early on. So let's take a step backwards for a second and say, um, crowdfunding, and uh, that's the term that's been used for a long, long time. Um, I think we're emerging into 2023 where it's not just, not really the term crowdfunding so much now, it's really capital formation. And I, and I like to think that the CF kind of relates to that. It's capital formation from individual participants, the public at large. You mentioned democratization of capital. Um, we hear that word a lot. And as more and more individual participants become aware of private capital uh, markets through through capital formation, through regulation CF, through regulation A, um, it just tends to spawn more and more individuals to want to participate. You know, but it all starts with that awareness. So if we look at back, go back 10 years ago, well, 10 years ago plus when the exemptions were, were formed to, you know, bring on, quote, you know, democratization of capital. What happened over the last eight years that it took this long to come to fruition? Well, one of the things that existed was there was a tremendous amount of friction points. Um, so one was the friction points. Technology really wasn't there. You know, how are you going to manage tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of individuals on, uh, in private companies from a cap table perspective, too, oner you know, too onerous a task. And we're going to touch on a lot of those things on, on how that's evolved and yeah. changed. Sure. Um, um, you know, Raf, one of the other things that, okay, so you got a technology friction, it took eight years, but you also had a market awareness, you know, from a consumer perspective. We had COVID, it occurred. And a lot more people were sitting at home. So you kind of have this perfect storm or this evolution. Companies became, you know, in the early stages, they thought, you know, crowdfunding was all about um, Kickstarter. You know, I'm going to, you know, and they had their place and they still have their place. Mm -hmm. Small companies, individuals, they say, hey, if you want to invest in my company, I'm going to give you, you know, some product that I might be manufacturing as an example. But it's come a lot further than that. But as it comes a lot further, it's really complicated. And, and over here at Corkinex, we found that uh, every day you have to realize that there's a, there's a lot of intermediaries involved. So I think it's real important for us to start and look at, you know, what's the difference in a private capital raise than, than anything else is you have a lot of, you know, intermediaries. It's a very highly regulated environment. So you've got an ecosystem and it takes a team to do a capital raise to even share your offering, to share your um, your information on your company to the public at large, let alone get them to invest. So when I talk about those intermediaries, what does that really mean? So what mm -hmm. does it take to raise the capital? If we look at it that way, then we can talk about what's new for 2023. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm an issuer. I want to raise capital. I need to have a transfer agent. What's a transfer agent do? Um, transfer mm -hmm. agent is managing my securities. What does that even mean? There's thousands of transfer agents out there. Um, broker dealers, geez, what does a broker dealer do? You know, I need a broker dealer. This is a regulated, you know, entity, for example. So uh, I need escrow providers. I need banking rail providers. Um, 
there's all these different disparate pieces that need to come together for a raise. So too many people think that, I, I say too many or a lot of people, even myself a long time ago was a little confused. I just thought, hey, I can go online and uh, why can't I buy something and, and potentially invest in a company from a securities perspective? And that investment is as simple as me buying a shirt. Well, that mm -hmm. transaction isn't really quite that simple, Raph. I mean, when mm -hmm. it comes to the security world. And because, there, because of these regulations and because of these intermediaries uh, that exist, they all have a purpose, by the way. Um, because of those, though, there's time, there's friction points that occur, and it's not as easy as you think. So over the last eight years, these friction points start to get removed. They start to continually to get, you know, get mitigated and become removed. So imagine, if you will, let's make, I'll, I'll make a good analogy to say. Yeah, security takes complexity, right? It's very complex. Um, let's, let's take a simple overnight thing that nobody knew about 10 years ago or our, our small audience did when we look at things like Bitcoin. Bitcoin comes out and all of a sudden, wow, everybody knows about Bitcoin over the last few years the good, the bad, and the ugly, but it took 10, 15 plus years for people to understand it. The ability to transact or the ability to, to, to engage with, uh, let's say, Bitcoin in that space. Again, I'm going to, we're going to dovetail away from that, but, but it was an awareness and adoption curve that took a long time. Then all of a sudden overnight, we're seeing that in, you know, in the uh, from the private investor, the awareness is still really early in the game. Some people say, hey, the stadium is just being built. We're on other people say, hey, we're on first base. It's the early stages. But when you start to look at 86 percent of all respondents say they're confident or extremely confident in, in, in the survey that just came out, um, the awareness is just starting. So mm -hmm. if the awareness is starting and companies are raising capital and in this particular example, I think there was 80,000. 80,000 companies that are interested in raising capital through the private marketplace as we speak. Yes. Um, first thing that comes in, how do I do this? So when they're looking at how, how do I do this? I mentioned things like the intermediaries. So if we understand the connected dots and we compare it to, let's say an e-commerce transaction and, and from a parallel. So in an e-commerce transaction, as I said earlier, I put my credit card on, I buy my shirt and I, Hopefully, I'm going to get my goods, but I changed my mind, okay? I can cancel that transaction. The shirt goes back, and my mm -hmm. credit card gets refunded. When we start to talk in the securities world, it's a whole different game. Depending on the exemptions, for example, difference between a Reg CF and a Reg A, um, it's not just a case of me investing with my credit card or investing with my wire transfer, a wire transfer or doing an ACH transaction, when I make that purchase, it doesn't operate the same way. I have to go through a series of intermediaries. So let's say, for example, the intermediaries, I, I go online, I press a button, I'm making an investment, and I'm going to fill out this form. And that form is going to ask me a series of questions. It's going to ask me a lot more questions than I might have to do when I'm making that purchase for my shirt, for example. And those questions might be things like, uh, geez, I'm asking you my social security number. Why am I asking my social security number? You know, that's a, that's a sensitive bit of information, but that's also a friction point to that investor. Whoa, wait a sec. You're asking my social security number. You're asking my birth date. 
well, this is a regulated environment, you know, Raphael. So when that information is being asked from, from that investor, it's for a purpose for the various intermediaries that are there to protect the investor, protect the issuer in a compliant manner. So who is asking for that information? Well, the broker dealer has a really big role in this part. So I give my credit card, I put my trans, I put my money in and those funds have to go somewhere. Well, they're not going to the issuer or the company that's raising funds right now and their fundraise. Those funds have to go somewhere first. They're going to go into escrow. So what happens when you go to escrow? They're going to sit there. And that's historically the big black bag. And one of the challenges when transactions are occurring is, okay, I've got investors investing in my company using credit card, ACH, wire transfer, various amounts, and they're all going to escrow. But most companies today might think that escrow and even the financial institutions is, you know, the, think that escrow is escrow for it's the same across the board. But if I'm dealing with um, small regional bank, for example, and they say we facilitate escrow, how come I can't let me do escrow for your securities offering? Um, that transaction is dramatically different in the infrastructure that those companies have that, let's say, the bank in this case um, isn't really necessarily set up to handle securities. Okay. Um, I'm, there may be used to more like a real estate transaction, real estate transaction. I've got my, I've got my broker, I've got my lawyer, I've got $50,000 going from A to B. We're manually doing a bunch of paperwork. Um, that paperwork goes back and forth. We sign off, we approve it, we close it. Uh, those funds get released and go from party A to B. Okay, sounds pretty simple. It's something that we're familiar with. But when we start to look at the complexity of a securities transaction, just for this one piece, let alone the other areas, let's take a look at what happens. So now 10,000 investors, 50,000 investors, 100,000 investors. And that's what we experience today, Raf. Like we've got hundreds of accounts. They have tens of thousands of investors in a private company. Those investors made their commitments through a variety of different payment instruments, such as credit mm -hmm. card, ACH, wire transfer. They're all going into escrow. And we've learned the hard way. I mean, we've learned over 10 years that, you know, Core Connects has learned that, wow, escrow is escrow is escrow isn't the same thing. So, and part of that is, let's suppose I make a transaction and, uh, and I'm using my credit card. Well, the regulations say that it's going to go to escrow, but I'm not even going to take it from you yet. So I'm an investor. I've made a commitment. I think I've made an investment, but it's kind of sitting in a little bit of limbo here for a minute <laughs> because there's something else. There's another participant here, another intermediary. Who, what's that intermediary? That's the broker dealer. The broker dealer is that regulated body. That regulated body and that broker dealer now has to do their job. Their job is to do KYC, know your customer, ID verification, anti-money laundering. So even yeah, online, online investment, online investing is a, is very, it's very, I mean, it's very easy to, to, to hide yourself behind an online investment, right? That's why you have this security issues with KYC and AML. 
Exactly. I mean, I'm just so I'm doing this transaction. So all of a sudden, I thought that, okay, as an investor, and this is the friction points we're going to talk about, I just thought I put some information, but you're asking me a lot of personal information. So I need trust and confidence in that. And hence, 2023 will be this year of, you know, trust mm -hmm. and compliance. So let's backtrack for a set. So I know these funds are going somewhere. An intermediary such as the broker dealer, they have to do their job. And historically, there's no way that they're going to do KYC, ID, and anti-money laundering verification on 10,000 investors that are all investing $1,000. So hence technology, fast forward. Technology is taking away the friction point to make it easier for the broker-dealer. But the broker-dealer still becomes this insurance policy for the issuer to say, we want to protect the investors. So we're going to take advantage of these exemptions. I've got tens of thousands of investors, hundreds of thousands of investors, but I'm going to do my job as the broker dealer. I need to do it quickly, fast, and easily. Okay. So the broker dealer, however, they're going, okay, I can, I'm going to do these, my, my compliance. I'm going to do small, large volumes of small transaction technologies exist to help me do that. And what does that technology look like? So we're going to talk a little bit today about things like permission blockchain. What is a permission blockchain? Well, I think in our past sessions, you know, we've had uh, Dr. Karan Garamala, we've had Oscar Jaffer, yes. we had these folks all talking about, you know, the nuances of what a blockchain, and we had a great session last week with permission blockchain versus a public blockchain. So in this particular case, blockchains are simply taking a lot of friction out. It's going to make things really, really efficient. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if yeah, technology is about making things efficient, right? It, it, it is. But if I've got, if I've got these efficiencies and I've got these rules and in, in these disparate intermediaries, how do I connect them all together? That's been the challenge. Mm -hmm. Okay. The reason I brought up, you know, escrow, mm -hmm. for example, if, if we tried to connect to, every bank that was out there and say, Hey, you provide escrow. Let's get into the securities world. It doesn't work. Um, the reason is they've got a lot of legacy systems. They, they have infrastructure and they don't understand the regulations to be quite frank with you because they're used to doing transactions for the, what they know. Like any of us, we live in the worlds of what we know and we transact accordingly. So now these funds have come in, they're sitting there in limbo the KYC is being authorized. I can access those funds, but I still haven't bought my security. Those funds are now going to go to escrow. So they're going to sit into escrow. So how do I, how do I reconcile that transaction when it comes to escrow? So mm -hmm. I was actually aghast when I got into this industry. I, I just thought, man, everything's connected. Um, I'm a Canadian. We got five big banks and it was easy. I just transfer money in my email and I move money around here and there. It doesn't quite happen because when you have lots of intermediaries, it's not that simple. Funds are going into escrow, but they have to come out of escrow. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me paint a picture here for you. And I, the reason I'm showing that wanting to go over the complexities is so that all of our audience and all of our participants mm -hmm. start to think, wait a sec here. There's a lot of dots to connect here between these parties and these parties all have a, absolutely valuable role okay mm -hmm. now the investor doesn't need to know what's going on behind the scenes they just want to know that i made my transaction but we sure as heck better be able to communicate with those investors 
along their investment journey because otherwise they're not going to, they're going to just fall off. You know, you're going to lose the adoption. They're going to lose trust because of all these compliance and regulatory requirements because they're not informed of what that really means. So we're doing escrow again. I'll continue my little narrative on escrow. <laughs> so now, um, KYC, ID, AML has been done. Those funds are going to come out of escrow. Um, oh, but wait a minute here. I had a minimum. I had a minimum. I had a minimum in my offering that says if I didn't raise, let's say, $200,000, we wouldn't close. So we're going to give all the money back to these individuals. Okay. This is a simple exercise. Not quite the same as if I'm giving, giving back my shirt and my credit card gets refunded. I've now got 10,000 individuals that all had different types of transaction with different types of payments and escrow. What if I didn't have an ID associated with those funds going in back to the individual? And believe it or not, that's pretty much the norm of the technology uh, up until fairly recently. There was no identification down to the individual going in to reconcile it coming out. So the reconciliation process was extremely onerous. Great, I now I got to give $200,000 back to 10,000 different investors in all different amounts, and they all paid differently. And then I have to sub subtract the various fees that are associated with that. Wow. Yeah, being, being, being unidentified on the web of not very long ago was safer, was considered the safe way to navigate, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, safer, safer way to navigate but now I want to navigate safely, but give you information about me so that I can transact with you in the case of we're in the securities world. But if I have a lot of friction points along the way, and this is where blockchain comes into the picture, then I have to do a lot of manual processes in the back room. So when I mm -hmm. talk about I'm a, I'm a regional bank, and I'm not set up to transact this way. Remember, I'm, I, I might be used to just saying, give me $10,000, $10,000 comes out. It's a party of three and away we go. Increase that volume exponentially and deal with small micropayments. Okay. Um, it becomes really, really, really difficult. So one of the things that we're real excited about this year on the core idea, and not to do a commercial, I think it's important that everybody understands that, you know, why why these things are occurring, but how these problems are being solved. And this is the exciting part. So imagine now, if I will, I put an ID or a tag or a token that's going to identify the individual, but also protect the individual, right? You know, they make their investment. Funds are going into escrow. Funds are coming out to escrow. The broker dealer is going to release those funds so the issuer gets them. The transfer agent on the back end they need to know that those funds are approved so the issuer can be update the cap table specific to, to those individual those individual companies, right? So now you've got all these things being connected. But wait a sec, I'm an investor. I don't want my credit card to be known by one central agency per se. This becomes even trickier. So you need to be able to do things and this is where the technology comes into play. I, I'm going to identify you as an individual but I'm not going to keep your credit card information because that's not what I want to do. So a lot of people might think even companies like Core Connects, we keep all of this stuff. No, we don't. We, no. we don't keep any of that stuff. We're just IDing and tagging information so all the participants can do their job 
And we're only keeping the information depending on, well, we're not keeping any information. The SEC registered transfer agent will have things like, I want to know how you transact it. Hey, you bought it with a credit card, not keeping your credit card information. Oh, you transacted on this date, the debtor equity instrument that you purchased. Oh, Peter, you've got voting rights. You've got, there's a hold period on the particular security. All this is visible to not only the company, the investor. The investor before, I mean, I, we, we were used to having certificates, putting them in, I'm going to date myself, filing cabinets. I never had any communication. <laughs> I'm going, what's this old, you know, this old cert. So now we're fast forward. So we're fast forward going, well, wait a sec. I can see, I see what my transaction was. It's on a blockchain. It's an immutable ledger. That comment that we made earlier, we are talking, you asked about difference between public and a permission blockchain. Well, if you think about it this way, a permission blockchain has all these intermediaries intertwined to it. They're all doing what they're supposed to be doing, except we have a ledger of that transaction. Mm -hmm. And the stored data is just, it's not stored with one entity, one party. So it protects that individual. It said, I'm going to transact here. We're going to make this transaction over there but everybody can do their job in the network. So, so certainly the blockchain, a permission blockchain helps address with multiple intermediaries and regulatory requirements, okay? Um, mm -hmm. And funds are kind of moving around, but they're, again, they have to be moving around associated with the rules. When we talk mm -hmm. about a public chain, we're really dealing with unverified participants. You've got a central point of failure potentially. And that doesn't mean that every public chain can't do this. However, it becomes really hard because you're dealing with third-party intermediaries. So as we're moving forward, and, and, and today's talk is about what's going new in technology, what's going on in, you know, in, 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 certainly in CORE's world, I talked earlier about, okay, if these things are moving around, there's something called we called CORE ID. Okay, and... Core ID is this ability to tag that individual investor, move information around to the various participants. Yeah, that's a brand new launch by Carconex, right? It's it's brand new. I mean, it's just yeah, Core ID. We're so excited. We're so excited where it's going. We the team had built this out, and suddenly you realize, you know, what's actually transpired, because you realize that the escrow provider, the broker dealer the payment rail providers, they're all disconnected intermediaries. But you can't have a centralized hub that controls all the data because then you have a single point of security risk. Wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get your credit card, I'm gonna get your information, your social security number, all this data. It doesn't happen that way. I need each party to be able to connect the dots and only have information that they need to do their job and protect those individual investors. So Core ID, you know, in part, really, really assists assists with that. Um, core ID is that one little element that actually, is, as a transaction occurs, it kind of leaves behind little breadcrumbs, if I want to use it simplistically. Um, okay. Okay. But those I can work with that. <laughs> but, but, they're, but they're all connected. They're all connected. So. If I've got these intermediaries and I think of a, I've got a house of cards and core ID is like the glue that's going to keep them together. So that one little piece that breaks, 
they're still connected. My house of cards is still going to remain going to remain standing. But at the same time, that house of cards is is not a central place for all the data capture for all the individuals. If that's what I'm trying to say. They're all got their own piece, but we're connected. We're, we're connected. Yeah, the the glue to the card to hold the cards doesn't know kind which of. number is on the card, right? Yeah, pretty much. And each card has its own numbers, and there's all these things going on. So it's complicated. So so how do so so we've seen that we've seen all the friction points as as a platform provider, as a technology provider. We see when escrow is too slow. We see when escrow is too manual. We see when managing digital securities on a cap table. Um, or an Excel spreadsheet, or multiple people in a back room, uh, creates friction. Friction creates costs. If we can lower the costs to all of the through, to all the intermediaries, we can lower the cost for the issuer. Smaller companies can raise capital. So there's not layers and layers of funds being spent where it's just too costly to do this. Okay, mm -hmm. so. When I'm kind of looking at this, some, some, we can maybe dovetail into some examples. Um, if the investor has friction points and broker-dealer has friction points and bank, bank providers have friction points, how does Core ID solve some of those? Mm. Um, That's tricky. And we're talking about, as we talk about Core ID, we have to remember that we're talking about helping uh, uh, individuals as a whole, we have we, we help investors, issuers, uh, broker dealers, right? We 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 can the glue that keeps the house of cards together, right? Yeah. So 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 pretty much. So let me give you one of the things that that's come to fruition is when you're solving any problem, like say, okay, so we have a marketplace, uh, a technology infrastructure, uh, core chain was developed. Core chain was the was developed to as a blockchain, the first permission blockchain with qualified reggae offerings by the SEC. So it said, okay, you're following the regulations. It was built around the regulation. It wasn't built outside here and said, oh, by the way, I got to connect the dots for these regulations. Really, really hard to do. So uh, uh, let me share some stories here. And and I guess, and they're not really stories. These sure. are companies raising capital raft so yeah that's that's important and, and so, important. so people go first off i'm a new issuer i'm going to raise capital and why do i care about all this stuff i just thought it was thought it was ways or well i care about it from a compliance perspective but the need to solve a problem so we talk about solving the problem through the intermediaries or make taking out some of the friction and don't get me wrong there's lots of friction you know you need redundancy you need to build it out but it's getting better and better and better using course chain. So now I have the investor themselves. So that investor is making an investment and they go through and they're filling in all this information. And originally I've done, I've made my investment and I'm the issuer. And I'll give you an example of, let's say I'm a company that goes, I'm going to raise $75 million on a reggae offering and I'm a real estate fund. And I'm going to do a REIT and I'm going to spend time, energy, resources, marketing to the public and saying, we think we're going to give you 8% dividends. And that's what our target is. It's one example of a company that might be raising capital. 
And those investors go, hey, I think this is pretty good, guys. This is, I'm going to invest in the REIT. And let's see how you perform. I get my 8%. In fact, six months in, three months in, I get 12% dividends. Wow, I, I'm really liking this. I want to reinvest. When they want to reinvest, what's the process they have to go through? So when we're talking to issuers and they go, oh my gosh, I wish there was an easier, better way. Because now that person, I got them excited. I spent all this money marketing. It's hard marketing. It's getting that exposure. I'm executing on my business model. And they, in this case, in this case, they, they were doing dividends. The investor comes in, they go, I want to reinvest. They're typing in the data. They said, oh my gosh, I got to do this again. I got to put in my, all this data again. Um, oh, my computer crashed, dog bark. You know what? I'll do it later. Huge friction point. The number of people that abandon a transaction. We all know what it's like in the e-commerce world. We know that in the marketing world, it takes about seven touches for a transaction to occur. So I've got you this far. I've got six of those touches. You're entering your data and I lost you. Investors frustrated. Yes. Yeah, we, we actually have the, the we, we created the idea of investor fatigue right here at CarConnex. Uh, and we try to tackle the investor fatigue with the core ID, right? So, yeah, so I, I didn't really, honestly, when, when you were first doing core ID, I'm going, okay, where's the problem here? I made my investment. I wasn't even thinking about reinvesting, like in my head. It was our uh -huh. issues that are telling us successful companies raising capital. They go, wow, my investors want to reinvest. Then we see companies that were doing things like 50% reinvestment rates, it may not maybe a dividend scenario or maybe a company hitting milestones and they continue to tell their marketing story and they, and your shareholders are going, I dipped in my toe and I really like what you're doing. I'm, I'm a, I'm a follower of this. I want to be part of this, whatever mark, whatever segment you're in, and whatever, I'm in a, it is whatever emotional connection It's exciting. So, so they are the ones that said, make this easier. So here's, so here's the premise. So this is 2023 core ID. And this is kind of one of the things we're talking about. So core ID is like my passport to investing online. I invest once. I get a core ID. My core ID is on the blockchain, on our permission chain. My core ID is like my thumbprint in a sense. In a secure manner, I can come and anywhere I see a core ID badge on a property, I go, oh, I got a core ID. I can reinvest. It's going to repopulate all that information associated with me in a secure manner. I don't have to have that friction point of reentering all my data. I can reinvest from my core ID. So that's going to allow, we, we don't know the numbers aren't out yet because we're just releasing core ID. What percentage of those investors, if we take away that friction point, it's like me going shopping online or it's like me not having a power failure in my house that I suddenly can't do something. You take that away. So, so we're excited about that, you know, the reinvestment side. So that's really what core ideas. Okay. Core ideas, that ability for that investor to make reinvestments. It's their digital passport uh, easily, quickly and compliantly. I mean, at the end of the day and most importantly, securely. Okay. Yes. Securely. Um, securely. So anybody and any, issuers in the core ecosystem, I can do that reinvestment. Now, there's something else that companies were looking at, and this is, becomes important to 
the investors. So if we've got this core chain and we've got this core ID and we've got this, I'm coming to web properties. We know that the market is going to explode bigger and bigger when it comes to private capital raises. The data is telling us this. It's growing exponentially. Yes. Unfortunately, what else happens when that occurs? You get bad guys coming into the game. Hey, I'm going to set up a website. I'm going to do uh, I'm going to do whatever I want to do to try to raise capital. I mean, we've seen it in the ICO world. We've seen it in, the, in, in other areas in space. But here's this regulated environment. So from a trust and compliance perspective, you also need the investors and all the participants in a regulated environment to present that trust and compliance. So something else that Core Connects has, has done, and we talk about Core ID for the investor side of it, and I'm going to explain a little bit more on, on, on how that dovetails into another new thing release that we're coming out with next week. But we also have what we call Core ID Verified. So Core ID Verified is really a, a certification mark for a variety of different parties. Um, the parties would be like broker-dealers, so the core ID certified means like it's a mark. It's, it's, it's like a digi cert. When companies see a digi cert on their website, they, they know that uh, my information, as far as it's moving here, this site is trying to, is being compliant as far as um, not disclosing particular information, my email address, for example. Um, um, digi certs will be, um, at the end of the day, uh, they're really protecting my privacy, right? That's what a DigiCert's doing. It's protecting my privacy. Mm -hmm. It gives me a level of trust. It's data, my data integrity is not being shared. So that's that badge. That's like that certificate. I mean, it's been around for 20 years, but it had to start somewhere. So Core ID Verified is doing the same thing. Remember, we're, val we're verifying all of the intermediaries that are in our ecosystem. So imagine, if you will, I've, I've got this badge, I've got this certification mark that an individual investor can say, hey, wait a sec, this is a FINRA registered broker dealer, that broker dealer, I can look them up and I can see that they're in the central registration, they're in good standing with FINRA, here you've got a regulatory body, so we're bringing all these regulatory bodies together. Um, uh, Broker dealers are one side. Um, the issuer themselves, it gives that level of trust to that investor. Investor, you're taking one step away that all of the participants in this raise are, are, are not only compliant, they're part of this regulatory infrastructure. So bad actors that might be, let's be honest, bad actors are going to do things. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're going to say, hey, you're going to feign I don't, I'm a broker dealer. You're going to feign this. And I hate to say it. So you need that level of trust and compliance. So this is something else that we're bringing out. It's Core ID verified. It's for all the participants from the issuer to the broker dealers, uh, to the legal community to say, hey, I'm, I'm certified. I'm following my own regulatory guidelines with uh, in, in, in my community, in the case of like FINRA and the broker dealers, but I'm also interconnected with all these other intermediaries. So the issuer can place this places on their on their site broker dealers can utilize it so this is just an evolution of again using uh, not only yeah, just using the, the investor can be sure that that offering is is real the company is there it's all, all compliant with SEC with FINRA with right 
We know that exactly, nothing's real. Exactly, exactly. Because let's be honest, how much I don't want to go to all these different places to say, is this piece good? Is exactly. this piece good? So consolidate that from a uh, with a verified core ID mark, and that's where that comes in. So we got core ID for the issuer. We've got core ID verified for all the intermediaries or, or the investor core ID is what I should say. Yes. And so that's that's something new that we're doing this year. It's all about trust and compliance. Um, I, we always emphasize at core that we're going, we go, we take no fees from any of these intermediaries. And it allows us to be extremely agnostic and stay in our lane. Our lane is the technology provider. Our lane is to facilitate capital raises, optimizing and maximizing the exemptions and lower costs for the issuers, as odd as that sounds. It's for the long game. It's not for this. It's not transaction based. And this is what the Jobs Act was all about. If you're going to democratize mm -hmm. capital, don't 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 take out one leg of the chair and and, and have it all crumble, so to speak, you know, and yeah. and trust and compliance is necessary for that. So um, those are yeah, some the, of the like like Oscar. Oscar always says that uh, David Wields has said it, uh, that private companies are responsible for generating uh, innovation, right? Innovation and jobs. And uh, that's where innovation really lies, right? In, in private capital. Public trade companies are after profit. It's fair, okay? It, it's fair, and we want that. But now when you're looking at private companies, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, when you look at, they go, I, I get the question often is, goes, what's the best sector? Is it real <laughs> estate? Is it med tech? Is it this? The beauty of democratizing capital, the beauty of the ability for private companies to raise capital is it doesn't matter what sector you're in. You have an audience. Um, I've said this before in talks that I go, my, my daughter, she's a biomedical engineering student and, and she's 21 years old and has a real global view when it comes to, um, well, ESG, the environment causes different things. She hears different companies do their pitches or different companies doing their raises, or they're looking at using, um, the exemptions and regulations to raise capital. And one of the comments she will say is, Hey, I would invest in that. And I go, why? And she goes, I like what they're doing. That's that was before. Here's my upside, you know, from a public company. Look, I, I, I invest in public company. I'm just going, when is it going up? I, my, the emotional connection uh -huh. isn't necessarily the same, same thing. So different people invest for different reasons. I said, the real estate guys, look, I'm getting my dividends. Um, it's an asset that I, in a private company that I'm getting a return. I've got some immediacy. Somebody else is in an ESG. Somebody else might go, you know, in the med tech space, this is a long journey. Remember I said about reinvesting. If I can take the friction to reinvesting and I'm following this med tech space and I'm seeing they're going through, you know, uh, initial trials and they're going towards FDA approval, they're hitting milestones. Their company is gaining in value. I yes. want to reinvest. Can I, how do I take that friction away? You take it away with, with core ID. That's the whole beauty of this. I mean, that's why it was so, so exciting because it, it, it was driven by companies that are successful through capital raises today saying, make it easier for my firms, people to reinvest. And so many of these companies today that haven't even started, aren't thinking about reinvestment. They're worried about that first investor. But you're raising capital in multiple tranches. Uh, 
even if you think that I'm never going to need money before I've been an entrepreneur and failed entrepreneur and know enough that things happen. COVID happened. Lots of business didn't need money that, you know, before COVID hit, they sure needed money to bear weather the storm when it did hit. So you're always raising capital, you know, as far as you want to grow. Um, and this is just simply one more vehicle. It's not the panacea for capital raises. Uh, you use multiple different different areas or multiple different um, opportunities to raise capital because that's what it is. The regulations provide an opportunity for, mm. for companies to raise capital. Um, so core idea is addressing this. Then we got this other new thing coming out. Um, yeah, the, the, the big thing for uh, it's already on the, the app stores, right? But uh, the official launch is next Monday, I believe. But it's already on. The so core ID mobile app. Core ID mobile app. So take it to the next step. So we're actually using the, the, the beauty of me that's exciting is we're using our, our core blockchain, core chain for actual functional purposes. It's not just thing to make something up out of thin air and say this chain is going to do this. We're utilizing it to connect all these intermediaries. And there's so many possibilities for it, Raf, that, that, that's kind of exciting to us. So core, the, the mobile app, for example, now, and, and the reason I keep bringing up, I bring up chain and blockchain and et cetera, is now I've got this mobile app that the individual investor can download. We always had the ability for me to reinvent. There you go. Let me see that. Let me see your core app. <laughs> yeah, it's all, that's so, so, yeah, so there it is. You got core ID. So what does that really mean? Okay, I've got this unique identifier. I've already invested in your company. I have this unique ID. Unique ID. It's on my. It's on my phone. Mobile. Uh, mobile phone engagement is seven times higher than my email. That's public knowledge. So if I get a message on my email, for example. Um, I'm, I have a higher open rate, simple as that. Okay, so mm -hmm. I download I download this app, and the reason the app was was made again was demand from companies that were doing multiple raises. They said, "Hey, Core Connects and team, we've got a big audience. We've got fifty thousand investors. We're going to do multiple raises. Multiple raises, for example, might be motion picture company that's doing multiple films. They have a fan base." They have a they have a they have a brand advocate base. They have a community at the end of the day. Yes. They said, I like what you're doing. I want to invest in the yes. other one. I got to fill all my forms again on my uh, online. No, have a core ID. We're gonna we're gonna fill those forms in for you. Now take it to the next step. I spend far more time individuals, consumers, we spend more time on this now than we spend on the computer. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I've got I've got uh, my at least in Brazil, at least here in Brazil, the number of mobile phones in houses is like more than the actual population in Brazil. There are oh, more I... mobile phones here than people. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, every unfortunately, I like my phone bill, everybody in my household, like, oh geez, I got three kids. You just pay for three. cell phone yes. bill. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, crazy. Exactly. <laughs> so so now I've got my phone app and those reoccurring investments. So Okay, I've got it on my phone, but I've, I've only invested in one company. I invested in your company. But that company is constantly updating information. The problem with company and communication, with traditionally, let's, let's look at the historicals. You go, 
I invested in a private company and I've got my share certificate sitting in my filing cabinet. I never heard from them for 10 years. Log on to the computer, try to pick up the phone. If I can re-engage good news or bad, bad news with my shareholder community, with my brand advocate, and a lot of companies, I mean, I've talked to guys, they said, oh, we don't even call them shareholders. They're not shareholders. Uh, they happen to be, they're like my family or they happen to be owners. Um, there's a racehorse company I was talking to and they syndicate racehorses and they do fractionalized ownerships of horses and they do tens of thousands of transactions pretty much daily. And in that particular instance, people are buying and selling pieces of horses. They're communicating with their, with their, their brand advocates, in their case, their, their owners all the time. Now they're communicating, now they're communicating with the phone. You can push information out to the individuals to say, here, here's an update. Oh, I got an update. Oh, this is doing really well. Whether it's my REIT, whether it's my home, whether it's a milestone, whether it's a real estate company, put a shovel in the ground. They're progressing. Make it easy for me to see the information. Now make it even easier for me to reinvest in your company. So not only does the phone app allow the investor to make easy reinvestments, but they're alerted to updates that the company has. So core ID is this really closed loop communications tool, as well as a secure way for me to make an investment and reinvest. So mm -hmm. it's just, the, like I say, it's just early and that's just the new package that, you know, we're bringing out. So that's kind of, I guess what we're here to talk about today was to say, okay, you've got core ID, you know, core yeah. ID verified you, you certification. See, you mentioned film producing companies with multiple launches. If we had launched Core ID before, uh, Iron Man wouldn't have to be killed, right? And the <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> we could still have Iron Man there. <laughs> but, but, but true stories, just from a common sense perspective, you think, look, it's hard marketing. It's hard, you know, to create awareness. It's hard to share your information. But you spend all that time and energy doing it. Your best customer is the one you're already engaged with. The better job you do with communicating with that customer allows, I mean, it, it doesn't allow them, they're just more comfortable sharing that story with someone else. So when we talk about offline viral, offline viral is two people sitting, you know, having a cup of coffee and having a conversation and going, hey, you know what? I just invested in this company. Oh, really? Show me, what does that look like? How? Yeah. This is how it looks like. It looks like this. Look at my shares. Look at this is what I'm doing. Here's the company. So we're the first company that I'm aware of. We never that that actually took the approach that we took to have a mobile app that unifies the shareholders and gives the ability for all the issuers to push out information. So it's it's just super super exciting. Um, yeah. We have, so we've we got have communication. We have investments. We have trust, we have compliance, we have a permission-based blockchain, which the information is not there all the time. We have to allow the, the parts involved to get the information. So uh, it really, the core ID environment uh, really connects itself uh, to deliver a very good experience to, to all the, the individuals involved, right? The issuers, individual uh, investors, broker-dealers, escrow providers. I mean, it's all yeah, there. And and, it, and it's just the start of it, right? I mean, it, it's, we know that the market is early stage. The market is growing. Um, 
but we also know that that is there's lots of these friction points you know so again trust and compliance 2023 you're going to see you know a lot of great success stories in the private capital markets you're going to see horror stories too so part of our job is to you know there is no gray the regulations exist for a reason um whether i like them or not by the way raf like i mean yeah no, it's it's about complying not about right yeah it, it's about complying and, and too many companies i think you know historically they go they're all doing it over there well they're doing this it must be okay they're doing this it might be you know okay we look at the ftx side of thing why can't we do this i hear the world i hear this word if it drives me crazy one more time and people go let's just tokenize it and then we have this opportunity and i'm going wow like tokenize it doesn't give you anything tokenizing just it just breaks it down into pieces you might have put it on you've put it on this immutable ledger but now you have to transact with it how do you transact with it all these intermediaries i just discussed allow you to transact. So breaking it down into small pieces doesn't allow you to do something if you're not following the regulations and the guidelines. And it's hard. I mean, every day we have to update it and build redundancy as a tech company. Um, so anyway, we'll close on, you know, core ID, um, core, core ID verified, core ID mobile app. Um, which is already on the stores, an app store or, uh, or iOS. Yeah, mo mo most of our summits aren't a big commercial like this one is it's not meant to be a commercial. I think we're just real passionate yeah. about, about saying, yeah, Hey, exactly. this is, it's a passport for online investing. Um, the markets, the market's growing. If we can take out the friction for, you know, the friction points and really listen to both the investors, this was for the investor. Um, yeah, and the other really the interesting content, this is the first content we put out that puts together all the ideas, core ID, the core ID verified and the mobile app, right? This is the first time we connect them, right? Well, there was, no, you're right. There's something else that I, I didn't realize until I was playing with it the other day. So broker dealers have a job to do. So broker dealer is doing the final, remember we talked about KYC. Mm -hmm. A lot of yes. the mistakes that happen when investor makes an investment is I didn't enter my, oh, I, I hit a nine versus an eight. I didn't hit my proper information in. So I'm not going to pass my KYC. Something else that I realized on my phone when I was doing that, logging into my account because I do a lot of demos and I'll go, oh, you entered in dummy data. So I, my core ID, it pops up to me, Peter, you need to pass, for you to do your KYC, you need to change some data. You need to correct your data. It now gave me the ability to actually help the broker dealer, which is going to help the issuer, mm -hmm. which is going to streamline the efficiencies of that transaction. Reducing time, reducing costs. Reducing time efficiency. and cost. That's the whole point. This isn't some esoteric, why are we doing this? And maybe they will come. This is taking away friction points. It's real. And if it's real to take away friction points, the costs come down. More, more companies can participate. So anyway, that's kind of where we're going to end today, I think, Raf. And that's um, wonderful. That that was great. It was great. It was the first time that I myself thought about all these items together. It's it's interesting to see from this perspective. It, it forced me to really think of how it all gets to connect it. And I think yes, when when Dr. Krangermala and Oscar and they're putting this together, and I remember, you know, over a year ago, they're going, "We're doing this. We're doing this core ID, and we're doing this mobile app." I couldn't get my head around. I'm going. I, I was 
you know, mm-hmm. it, I was, it didn't have the vision mm-hmm. until you saw okay. the problems that it was solving for, for actual customers until the customers said, why don't you do this? So they were ahead of the game. We're always trying to listen and we're always open to new ideas, we're always open to, you know, see where we can go with this. So. Sure. So I believe we can wrap it up. It, it was great. I mean, we worked together, of course, but it, we, we hardly ever have time to spend a whole hour talking about solutions. So uh, a lot of ideas will, come, will still come up. And of course, Core ID, Core ID Verified and the mobile app are just, uh, are just the beginning of it, right? The best is yet to come. I do believe that. Uh, that was very exciting to see, put in perspective uh, everything we have been doing. And uh, we are always here, right, Peter, for clients, for customers, for uh, uh, for partners, whoever wants to get in touch with us. We are on LinkedIn. Uh, you can email us. You can uh, log into the, the CarConnect website. We are available. We're here. And that's it. That's it. If you want to leave your final goodbyes. Great, great, week, great weekend to all. And uh, to those in the U.S., happy holiday on Monday. Thanks, Ralph. Thank you, Peter. Bye-bye. See you, guys.